Hi, welcome to Off The Court and this is Jeremy Menino and I have a wonderful guest for you today. I first came to know Seema Dalvey when we taught together in a Blackpool school. Seema taught maths to teenage children but it was clear to see that she had so much more to give them in terms of cultural education. So I was delighted when she agreed to come with me taking a group of school children to Nepal. It's a trip I've done many times before and I knew she'd be fantastic with our own students in getting them to understand what life is like living in a country like Nepal. Fast forward to today, Seema no longer teaches maths. She's an amazing mum of two beautiful children, wife to husband Krish, and she now is an award-winning restaurateur of Dalvi in Poulton. She first opened that restaurant in 2020, her main passion bringing Indian street food to our northwestern British palates. In 2017, she left the noble teaching profession and started her dream food business, bringing Indian food into the homes of friends and colleagues. Seema is an inspiration to girls and women alike, showing that with grit, determination and a dream, just about anything is possible. Full disclosure, this interview took place on location at Dalvi. The um, sound isn't quite what we wanted it to be. There was some interference in the background. Please bear with it. The quality of what Seema has to give uh, far outweighs the, uh, the quality of the sound. Everyone has a story, and this is Seema Dalvi. Wonderful. You just have to uh, put it up. So I think we'll be. I think we'll be fine. I'm fairly. I'm. I'm okay. You. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm okay. As long as I'm wearing my. Seema, what a busy woman you are! Entrepreneur, (laughs) restaurateur. We've managed to to find some time, and I really appreciate you just giving up your time and to to talk to us on our on our podcast. And first and foremost, congratulations. Amazing restaurant, Dalvi and Poulton. Um, it's your firstborn, right? Yes, exactly. It's your firstborn. Opened it just before COVID, you were second just telling lockdown. them? Yeah, second lockdown, just before second lockdown. I mean, what was that like? Uh, tough, uh, but maybe because we started at, at that time, uh, you know, maybe we didn't realize how tough it could get. Mm. Uh, we lost out on all the financial help, right. the government help. So everything was just doing everything on our own. Uh, but I must say, my favorite part was eat out to help out. Eat out to help out. That was good the, old Boris. Oh gosh. Uh, not my favorite person, but never mind. No. Uh, but seriously, it was easy publicity for us. We yeah. were chock a block. Yeah. Um, so it kind of gave you a little bit of a kickstart to your yes, business. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then second lockdown came. So tough again. Uh, we started in May. So it was a bit slow start because obviously people were a bit worried going out. Um, so yeah. And I think now, we are there. We have got very good reputation, um, and everyone comes just Fabulous. to love what we do. Fabulous. Well, we're we're here in, at Dalvi in Poulton, and it. I mean, it's a beautiful setting, really is. I love the artwork. You feel like you're in a, a little piece of India here. Exactly. You know, the, you you come under the mala welcome yes. as you walk through the door, and you you certainly feel there's a real there's a real warmth to the place when you yes. come in. I love the colours as well. 
That's great. So, wet our appetites a little bit. So, if I came to eat here, what should I order? Just uh, give us a sense. <laughs> Come on. Well, right. we change our menu every few weeks. Okay. So, every three to four weeks, the menu changes. Um, and seriously, if, I mean, if you're a meat eater, lamb I'm, I'm is always, yes, lamb curries are always popular always popular and the thing about our restaurant is what we say is when it comes to your curries a they are organic regional recipes and b what we are bringing is your curries get personalized so if you have someone coming with you and say okay i like it mild i'm not very spicy person we make it mild you can have spicy same curry both of you personalized and you will enjoy it I love it. Personalised. We're living in the exactly. world of personalised, aren't we, Stephen? Exactly. I love exactly. it. Exactly. But it, but you you are kind of it, it feels very it feels very family friendly. It yes. feels you you want to kind of satisfy every customer that walks exactly. in. Exactly. And I, yeah. I love that notion. Okay, a lamb curry it is. Yeah. So I yeah, I'm excited to to try out a lamb curry. Well, I want to I want to just take you back if I could. Yeah. So, the whole purpose of of our podcast and our listeners are interested in understanding what your story is so you know something we've always talked about is that everyone has their own story yes people come to Dalvi but they don't know your story so take us back to the to the beginning in your early life and influences you were born in Mumbai right yes so what was that like um I think being a girl was tough okay. uh, because my mom and dad were expecting a boy okay. so the first were born was a girl then second born me girl um, and it's tough because the society, you know, they live in, the girls don't get treated that well. They're not privileged. And it was quite daunting to say, you know, my brother was getting pampered, getting everything, whatever he asked for. Whereas expectations from me and my sister were just do the housework, do the basic education. That's the reason they sent us to Hindi school, not to English school. Okay. We were not privileged. But I feel we were lucky. Um, and then just housework, school, and then my mom and dad, they said to us that after your graduate, you know, after your university, um, you'll just get married to somebody we choose. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you, so you really lived in, in the, the, the India that people might recognize as real low expectation of exactly. girls and women yes. so the role of woman was very much the homemaker exactly and and, and you experienced that that kind of yes. and yet and yet still university was still on the cards for you uh i think i mean because mom and dad were living in mumbai so that might have changed their thinking slightly um but again we weren't for example after my sixth form i did say to my dad that dad i really want to be a chef and so uh, it, back then it yes was, it was oh, the, it was the dream yes exactly i mean i love my my world actually revolved around food and since the age of very early age i mean i remember making my own cup of tea at the age of seven even though it was a disaster but hey ho loved it my first chapati not very round but loved it it's just that's my world you know, I'm not saying my family isn't, but yeah. Um, so when I said that to my mom and my dad especially, that look, I want to be a chef. He said, what's the point? 
you cook everything at home, you'll get married, and you'll cook it for your family anyways. And I'm like, <laughs> there's a huge difference as a profession and as a, you know, cook. So he didn't understand that, and I was actually forced to do what he asked me to do. Um, I don't think so he had any bad intentions, but I think just because what the society was like, mm. that's the reason he did it. Yeah. Where, where did your aspiration come from then, Seema? Because you would, well, I would expect, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would expect you to have, uh, to have almost not had those aspirations because you live it, you're immersed in a culture and a tradition and a family that actually is, is saying, no, you know, you're going to get married, it's going to be an arranged marriage, you're not going to have a profession or a, you don't need an aspiration. So where did your your personal aspiration come from then at that such young age? Um, I think it's in our blood, I must say. Okay. <laughs> because my nan, oh my goodness, brilliant, brilliant cook. I have learned so much from her. Okay. My mom, she's the best cook. Well, every mom is, I think. Um, and uh, I think because we were brought up in Mumbai, I had friends from all different regions, uh, I used to go life. around, oh gosh, I used to go around to my neighbor's houses. It's just a drive to learn about, you know, uh, food, how to cook it, what's the benefit. Because my mom always, whenever she used to cook, she's like, why are you doing this cumin seeds now? Oh, because these are the health benefits. Uh, okay. And the sound of, you know, the spices when you are roasting them in a pan, the pressure cooker, the whistle, people hate it, but I love it. I loved it, going around, standing next to the street hawkers, learning. Yeah, so it literally started, and my dad is a very good cook as well. So okay. learning from all these people. So the dream, the dream really started so early. Yes. And, and, and that drive and that inspiration, or aspiration rather, came from maybe being exposed to others exactly. who were breaking out or breaking free yes. a little bit, is yes. that be fair to say? Yes, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. So it's like my nan, I remember our conversation. I mean, she passed away when I was only 18. Um, but whenever I used to sit down with her, and I was like, nan, you should be a chef. And she's like, well, I don't think so, I will because A, I'm old now, but you should. Go and speak to your, uh, you know, granddad. You. Yeah, she she did actually. Uh, mum, I think because mum never had that kind of life either, because my mum has got another four sisters, so you can imagine how my granddad was, you know, feeling burdened to get arranged marriage, to get them married and everything. But when I speak to my mum as when I used to speak to my mum as well, she's like, oh, I wish. And I remember the advice of my nan that you have got good life, whatever is your dream, make it possible. Mm -hmm. You always have my support. Mm -hmm. And I think I was just nine or 10, something like that. Mm -hmm. And those words I remember yeah, really well, nice. yeah. Mm -hmm. And growing up in Mumbai as well, I always used to say to my best friend, um, Sheetal, her name is, <clears throat> I don't want to live like my mom. I don't want to be a housewife. No. I just want to be me. Mm. You know, mm. I just want to live my life. And I think then you may, you are so confused. Obviously you live with your mom and dad. 
I don't know whether it was a respect or fear, couldn't do it. No. And whatever they asked me to do it, I just did. You followed, you followed you, the way. I just followed, you followed the way. Because yeah. of course, the, there's such a strength in both tradition, respect yes. for your parents yes. and the culture. Yes, exactly. Can I, can I just ask you about, you used the word a minute ago, you said, you talked about your nan, was it your nan or your mum that's uh, uh, had many sisters? Yes, my sister. You, oh, my sister, sorry, my mum. Your mum your had, had many sisters, sisters yeah. and you used the word burdened. You used the word burdened in the sense, can you just explain to us what you mean that in the sense, because perhaps listeners don't really fully understand and appreciate the cultural dynamic of dowry yes, and expectation exactly, yes. and why a family might want want a boy over yes. a girl. Yes, dowry. Give us, give us, give us a sense <laughs> of what that means. Um, I mean... I'm not going that far to start with, I mean, thinking about my sister, she's only two years older than me, but my dad had to arrange dowry for her. Um, An amount of money, essentially. Yes, and uh, no wonder he, after a year or so, because he was so stressed, he had a heart attack, uh, okay. first heart attack. Um, and when I saw him, I was like, no, I'm not, I don't want my dad to arrange all this. Uh, my sister was forced to get married to this guy um, and I just didn't want all this and that's when I was like I can't I just don't want to and I think that was the time I met Krishna as well my husband um, and uh, yeah same with my mom she had four sisters my granddad was only a teacher so you can imagine the salary of especially teachers in who are teaching in village, they their salaries are not great, so he was really snowed under as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, all my aunties have got good life. My mum, she's got a lovely husband, but it's not necessarily the true story. You know, it can't. Some in some ways, it's difficult. Like my sister, I don't want to talk too much, but her husband is not great. That's with her at all. Mm. And she looks at me and sometimes she does say that I wish I was a rebel like you. <laughs> right. So, so this rebel in you, this, this kind of breaking out that we talked about in terms of aspiration for career. Yes. It was also there in your personal life too. You didn't, yes. want, you didn't want the life that you'd seen of your sister and of your mother and her sisters in terms of that arranged marriage. How difficult was it to break free from that? very difficult <laughs> i mean <clears throat> when me and krish were krishna were dating um, this is in mumbai this was in mumbai yes um my mom and dad found out somehow um my dad wasn't happy <clears throat> my mom actually uh, hit me as well she wasn't happy um and they said look i'm going to see the boys mom and dad their family and it needs to be stopped you can't see him because he's a different caste and uh, I'm coming from a very higher caste called Brahmins. Okay. Now Krishna is from warrior category which is one level, it's a bit complicated, uh, one caste down. So For the benefit of listeners it's worth knowing that caste is almost synonymous with class system yes. and there are typically four castes systems exactly um the brahmins being the top caste yes. kshatriyas being the second, the second caste down and of course famously gandhi wanted to 
abolish the whole caste system, including the untouchables, which were below. Yes. So, sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. And to be honest, the caste system, when, um, uh, you know, obviously it's very old, but when they decided to give the benefits as well, this leader actually, um, Amberger, uh, that leader actually had it only for certain period, but now they follow it religiously. But never mind, that's another topic to that's talk about. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so coming back to my story, mum and dad, they mm. went to, not mum, but dad went to Krishna's house um, and said, look, this is not right and all that. But I said to my dad that I've not chosen any, anybody wrong. Uh, I want to get married to him, but what he said to me was, well, he is a sailor. He will have a girlfriend in, on every port, <laughs> so just be careful, blah, blah. Uh, but I knew Krishna, and for that, I think when I was going through really a bad time as well, because mom and dad were constantly, uh, you know, arranging someone to come around to meet me okay. and it, I, found, I was finding it really stressful. So I requested my dad that, look, just to get my, just to get out of all this situation, I want to work somewhere. And he permitted me to work in this export company. And I loved it, didn't like the job, but I loved going there because I was leaving home at half seven, coming back around about 11. So it was a huge break from everything and I could concentrate on something else. Meanwhile, I kept on uh, you know, persuading mom and dad, both of them. They didn't want to listen. And then we took a very bold decision, me and Krishna, we did a um, court marriage. They didn't know. So I was wow. a runaway bride as well. A runaway bride. How old yeah. were you when, when that happened? 22. <laughs> I mean, that's brave, isn't it? Very in, brave. In I wouldn't advise, please don't do it. Mm. Try to convince your mom and dad. Um, but I felt like I did everything. Mm. And I didn't want to live life like my sister. I didn't want to live life like my, you know, cousins, wives. I just want to make mm. my life better. And I think sometimes there's nothing wrong if you want to make your life better. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, luckily, touch wood, Krishna is a brilliant husband, you know. He is the best. I mean, we are soulmate. There's nothing wrong to say that as well. He is always there for me, always. And I think if I'm a chef today, most of the credit goes to him as well, oh, because if he would have so not encouraged me, yeah. I oh, would have I'm just so, I'm there. so happy for you, I really am, and, uh, both you and Krish. I mean, it's difficult for me to understand and for, for many people to understand, I guess, exactly. that decision that you took at such a young age to go against your family's wishes, but not only go against your family wishes to carry on seeing Krish, who is in a different cast, but then to run away and get married. Get married. <laughs> well, I mean, what was that like? I mean, did, um, you, did you go home and tell them or um, did you keep running? No, well, what happened was, so we did court marriage first legal way okay now krishna's mom and dad were really really supportive the whole family was supportive okay so they said this is not the right way to get married um we need to do proper arranged marriage but and luckily the next day was the auspicious day so we got married next day again mm -hmm. so we celebrate our anniversary two days okay. <laughs> in the month of june 
Um, so what, what did they mean by auspicious day? Uh, when you get married, in as per the Hindu calendar, you always find the best lucky date. Okay. Uh, Astrologically. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, next day was the best day. Even they find out the best time as well, when you should get married, what's the timing like. So we were given between uh, 10.30 to 12.30, something like that. And we got married in the morning. Uh, made a police complaint as well, thinking, I hope no one, because I know what my cousins were like. So we made a police complaint that, look, we got married as per my choice, because I was 22. No one forced me. Um, I did it. Krishna was did it as well. His family was supportive. This is our certificate. Um, because we just knew that my cousin would have done something wrong. Right. You know, because it's really, I mean, if, if you go in India, in many parts of the country, they don't like it. In fact, they can easily murder, they can easily kill um, the boy or anything. So did, did, you, did you fear one of your cousins might, yes. might harm. Crush yes. Or harm crush? Yes, yes, yes. So you needed police protection? Yes. Wow. So, um, and then we got married in the evening. I was still not right because I love my mom and dad, don't get me wrong. Rang my mom, obviously. She, she cried like anything because I can understand. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like my Aria running away and getting married. But I explained to her that, look, I needed your support. You didn't support me. And this is what I have done. Mm. She didn't talk to me. My mom and dad didn't even talk to me for a year. But if you go back now, you wouldn't believe my story because they adore Krishna like anything. He's so the best a, son in law. Exactly. There's a happy ending. Yes. And yes. you mentioned Arya there. Arya, your daughter. Yes, Arya is my daughter. And how old is your daughter now? She's 15. She's 15? Yes. So it, this is all to come for her? Yes. And how, how much does she know about this story? Um, she does know. Uh, we did tell her last year. And the reason is, see, with me, I never had that kind of relation with my mom. She saw me when, when I got married. I remember she's telling me that, look, I don't know what's going to happen in the future with you, but I'm always your mom. You can always come to me. And that assurance was a lot to me. Mm. You know, I mean, you I didn't, that. yeah, I needed that because I was like, because as a girl, you know, when you leave your family like that, the way I did, and I never encouraged this, um, it was a huge support. My sister-in-law, I mean, Krish's uh, elder brother's wife, brilliant friend, Krish's sisters, fantastic friends. You know, and we get along so well, Touchwood. We have amazing relationship. Um, so yeah, I think if I would have not had that support, it would be difficult mm. for me to recover. Um, but yeah, all good now. All, all is good. good. All yes. is good now. Yes. All is good now. And do the do the two families get together? Oh, and, exactly. And meet? Yes. And are the families still in Mumbai? Uh, yes. I mean. Um, both my my mom and dad are still in Mumbai. Krishna says as well. Uh, when my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were alive, they couldn't speak Hindi that well, and it was really interesting to uh, you know witness that my mom is speaking in Hindi, 
because she can't speak Krishna's language, which is Marathi, regional language. And my mother-in-law speaking in Marathi. But they could still have a good conversation. It was amazing. Yeah, everything was fantastic. And my mom and dad actually really appreciate how they look after me as well, mm. you know, their daughter. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. I mean, what an incredible start. What an incredible story. So, how on earth did you end up in Blackpool? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're talking, it's almost like a scene from Slumdog Millionaire you've just described. And here you, I mean, our first meeting, of course, was we, we both worked at a local school, didn't yes, we? Yes, That's how we met, yes, right, St. Yes. Mary's. How did Seema end up in Blackpool? Um, right, so when we got married, Krish, um, we got married in June. Krish ended up going back to his ship in July. So we didn't really spend that initial first time. With so Chris's job is? Uh, he's in Merchant Navy. Merchant he's a captain Navy. now. Okay. Um, so he went back and he, he went for nine months. So I think when you get married, when you're newly married, it's tough. Absolutely. You know. um, anyway, so he came to Fleetwood Nautical College to do his course. Um, and he said, why don't you come here? So we found out the information how we can come. So I came, um, we stayed here, and I feel like that was our longest honeymoon because I wasn't staying with my mother-in-law. You no. know, it was just with Krishna. And so from Mumbai to Fleetwood? Yes, Mumbai okay. to, to Fleetwood. Well, Cleveland's, I Cleveland's, would say, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we loved it. That was the best time we had. We, um, and we were like, right, great. Everything was fantastic. Went back. And obviously, once you're married, then it's like, okay, Krishna is on ship. How, what do I do now? So, a bit confused. So, someone managed to offer me a job because I was okay in maths. Um, and then they were like, would you be interested teaching maths? And I said, yeah, I don't mind. Some money coming in. So, <clears throat> worked as a maths teacher in India. St. Xavier School it was. Five minutes away from where I was living in Mumbai. And then I said to Krishna that I want to, I want to work. And I, as I mentioned before, because of the caste system, it's tough to get a job. Mm. Um, tough, and, tough why? Uh, tough because people would overlook you as a woman or you just can't apply? It's there. Plus, what happened was, at that age, I was a bit confused as well because I was like, well, I couldn't do the chef you know, uh, degrees, because my mum and dad didn't allow me to do. So we di I didn't do that, got married, teaching maths. So we decided, right, okay, you know what, let's be a teacher then, let's do a teaching job. To do a course, obviously you have to do, you have to go to the university um, to do a teaching course. Now I was only in 2%, because Brahmins were given only 2%. Okay. The other caste were given higher percentage. So this is entry into the university. Entry, yes, okay. exactly. So I couldn't do that. Um, and then one of somebody, my dad's friend, uh, she was a principal in one of these uh, different. I mean, she used to run her own uh, teacher training. So she said, "Oh, I'll take you in my college, and uh, you can finish off the training." And I said, "Right, okay. How much will be the fees?" And she said nine lakh rupees, which was more or less eight thousand eight thousand five hundred pounds, anyways. 
that's a, a long it's time a lot, ago, so yeah, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I said, right, what's the guarantee for a job? And she said, there's no guarantee. So we were like, right, okay, there is something, okay, we can think about it. And then I started applying for teaching um, courses in Australia, here, and Canada. Got attracted here because when I came with Krishna, you know, when he was in Fleet, Fleetwood College, we used to stay with our lovely English mom, Mrs. Morehouse, and I felt safe. So I rang her that if we come here, am I okay to stay with you? Uh, and that was a huge thing for me because before I got married, I used to live with my mom and dad, got married, lived with my mother-in-law. So living in a completely new country on my own was a huge seemed, challenge. Seemed, seemed a bit too much. Too much, yeah. So we rang up Miss, Mrs. Morehouse who lives in Cleveland and uh, she said, yeah, I've got an accommodation, perfect. Came here, teacher training. Went for the interview and said, Mary's got a job. <laughs> first job. So there is. Yes, first teacher. ever job in first, this country. Yeah. Yes. And loved it. You know, I think when I was doing my teacher training as well, it was for me, it's a huge culture shock because <clears throat> culture shock, can I say school shock as well? Because Absolutely. when I was in <clears throat> India, I could teach 70 to 80 students in a classroom perfectly educate them. Here, my first placement was in a rough school, and I'm glad that I did my first placement in that school. Um, and some of the incidents happened. I rang up Krish one day and I said, look, I want to go back. I can't live in this country, this is tough. I can't, I can't handle the students. They are really, really, you know, the behavior isn't great. Then the second placement was in really a good school. So in a way, I was really pleased that I had, I saw both the sides. You did, you had a balance. Yes, exactly. And then I think it made me good teacher. I could manage behavior and I could teach as well. Um, yeah, so I actually loved it, to be mm. honest. I mean, I mean it, it, it sounds like such a stretch, doesn't it? Between the, the passion of the aspiration that you had so early on to yes. be a chef. Yes. And it was all about the food and, you know, the, the processes of cooking and everything else. To suddenly being te to teaching maths in Blackpool in a in a fully comprehensive secondary school. Exactly. I mean, wow, what 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 a polar <clears throat> opposite. What was there some was there a part of you that that kind of still yearned for the the food career? Yes. That, I mean, it you always was daunting me that this is not something I want to do. This is not me. This is not me. But I think when I became a teacher and I was like, right, okay, we wanted to settle down as well. So I carried on. But I remember doing cookery lessons in school as well because I just thought that was still there. And in a way, I was trying to feed my, you know, that desire yeah. to be a chef. Um, and uh, it carried on, carried on, and then obviously family, then uh, we thought, right, okay, we need to get a promotion. Then we went to South Lakes for promotion, and it's just carried on, and there was always, back of my mind was like, 
this is not me. Mm. This is not me. But I think your family comes first, yeah. your bills and everything. Then well, you forget the reality of the life. reality of the life, and you forget, you know, and your dream is not important. Mm. But one day, um, what happened was, Krishna was on ship. He gave us a surprise. He was home. I got both the kids. Opened the door. Both the children were very happy. And uh, I saw him and I just burst into tears. That was the day in the morning I was supposed to have a meeting uh, because I was working as a second in maths in Car Hill. And I had assessment for learning meeting. And because it was so stressful morning, I completely forgot my laptop at home, forgot my bag, forgot everything. And my meeting was at half nine. I had just car keys. So I didn't have a good day, came back, Krishna gave us a surprise um, and I burst into tears and he got worried. Mm. Um, and he said, is everything okay, did someone? And I was like, everything is fine, Krishna. I just can't do this anymore. Mm. And he goes, why, what happened in school? I said, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. This is not me. Mm. You know, I, just, I always wanted to be a chef. And here I am, not following it. Mm. So that day, that night, I mean, we had a good discussion. And then in the morning, he woke up. He woke me up around about five o'clock and he said, you're writing your resignation letter now. Wow. And I said, no, 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 I was just, that was just a frustration. It was, a it was just a moment, don't worry, it's everything is fine now. And he said, no, you are resigning now. Mm. And don't worry, we'll, we'll find out the ways. So I gave my resignation, which was a shock to the head teacher, the whole department. You really. gave it that day? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Krishna goes, was like, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll handle the family. You just concentrate what you want to do. Well, that was part one of my discussion and chat with Seema Dalvi. And what a story, hey? from life in Mumbai in a traditional Hindu home with all the expectations that brings, or lack of expectation that brings to a successful businesswoman, mum and husband. I just loved Seema's honesty around her younger life, giving us a real insight in what it must have been like, or even is today for a girl to be born in India. I'm not sure we can really truly understand the the financial pressures and cultural pressures she talked about in in you know what it's like to bring a girl into the world uh, in a in a Hindu home in India today. And our stories, though, always seem to be um, kind of based around powerful, influential relationships. And Seema's story was no different, was it? Her nan was exactly that and is still that for Seema today. I mean, when she spoke about Anand, her face just lit up, it really did. And it's a reminder of, I guess to us, of how important it is to spend time with our kids and grandkids and the power of that time and the impact that could potentially make in the future. And it struck me that generally people come into teaching as a vocation, a job, for life, um, a real kind of reason to make a difference. But for Seema, it was very different. It was a route out of her oppression, a route to find freedom in a sense. And 
When you meet Seema, you encounter a free woman, a full, a woman full of passion and dreams of her own. Uh, and, and of course, it would be impossible not to mention her bravery. You know, bravery of pursuing a love marriage against all the odds without any of the support of her family, uh, of leaving her country and trying to, to kind of make ends meet elsewhere and the brave decision she took to um, offer her resignation uh, right at the end of, of, of the story that we heard today. Well, tune into part two very, very soon when she'll tell us about what she, what makes a tick. She'll talk a little bit about faith and her, her coming to kind of be more spiritual uh, and, and what the impact of that is having on her life and her business. So I hope you've enjoyed part one of Seema Dalvey and I hope you'll tune in to part two very soon. This is Jeremy Menino, Off the Court. Have a great day.